Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we are going to be going over some of your comments on some of our uh, recent episodes because we've got we got a couple doozies. Yeah, you know, uh, we let sometimes let the Ravens pile up here and, um, you know, whether it's you guys sending to, uh, them to us, we you know, we always dive into those two. But uh, also, we always get a ton of comments. And now we get them on TikTok as well and uh, YouTube. So I'm uh, going to be kind of rehashing some of the uh, topics we talked about a little bit here, but going to be going back. So we did a little segment before we do- we dove right back into the reread, Jimmy, and we were talking about the White Walkers and we were doing kind of like the Age of Heroes, the Age of Legends, the Long Night, the Dawn Age. And uh, we were talking about like, are the White Walkers searching for Azor Ahai? Uh, if you remember in the prologue of A Game of Thrones, yeah. Sir Waymar Royce is fighting a White Walker, you know, an other. And uh, as soon as he lifts that sword up, it says, you know, that the White Walker or the other uh, looks up and sort of looks at his stares at his sword for a second and so we had kind of talked about some theories that we found online saying "Ooh, you know maybe uh they you know remember who azora high was or they're scared of him or whatever and so they're making sure it wasn't him so we did a video on that and we got some comments on that but uh we'll dive into it so uh a lot of people comment on our youtube channel and a lot of people comment regularly one in particular who we always i always love to mention because she always leaves like the most incredibly detailed uh comments especially for youtube videos and we've done full theory episodes just on some of her comments which is uh, lady ashley of noth so this is on that subject so she says in a game of thrones i think george gives us a cool clue that the white walkers are looking for azora high during ned's dream about the tower of joy he tells us he could hear Liana screaming. Eddard, she called. A storm of rose petals blew across a blood-streaked sky as blue as the eyes of death. As blue as the eyes of death certainly implies that the others were watching the events at the Tower of Joy, which is interesting because Jon Snow was born there. He is a top candidate for Azor High, so maybe they aren't just looking for a blade. They're looking for the one who will wield it. What's more, Ned's dream is practically a dead-on parallel of Waymar's duel with the others because in his dream, Ned duels Sir Arthur, a Kingsguard member. Like the others, Kingsguard are sometimes referred to as White Shadows. Also, as was the case in Waymar's duel, attention is drawn to a sword. Ned watches Sir Arthur unsheath Dawn and describes it as pale as milk glass, alive with light which is interesting because Waymar describes the other as having flesh pale as milk. It's curious that Don and the other's skin share an appearance. Lastly, the connections between Don, be it name or description, and Lightbringer speak for themselves. Maybe because of their own prophecy, they expected the baby born at the Tower of Joy to have that blade, and they mistook Waymar as the guy. Hmm. I know our minds were blown because I've never made that connection. And I could see it on your face as I was reading it, Jimmy. Yeah, I, ha- I had not seen this comment until just now. So this uh, this, is, uh, yeah, this is pretty amazing. This is how we do this sometimes. Lady Ashley that. bringing the heaters. <clears throat> or in this case, the the cold stairs. Oh, man. Waymar describes the other as having flesh pale as milk. It's curious that Dawn and the other skin have share in appearance. You know, that is interesting because I've never I have never made that connection that 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 their skin is actually described the same way that Dawn is. Of course, you know, we always look at Dawn as potentially Lightbringer, especially because it's so different than Valyrian steel. And of course, you know, everybody thinks that it was, you know, Starfall and Dawn and that's going to be the thing that end the long night. But I have never once even like seen that connection, which is the crazy. That's the crazy thing about a song of ice and fire is no matter how much you study it, it's all like you can literally like this one little line here, this one little line here. Yeah, and I, I do like the idea that maybe the others have their own prophecies, and you know we've talked about them having their own culture and everything. But if if they do in fact are you know they're their own civilization and they're fighting for survival, they probably do have prophecies. Uh, which have probably descriptions and important characters and uh, legends. And maybe Waymar was uh, the wrong place at the wrong time. 
Yeah. Because as you said, you know, in the books, you know, obviously the show sort of turns them into, you know, the others of the White Walkers. Um, you know, it sort of turns them into like zombies. Of course, they have zombies, the whites, you know, the W-I-G-H-T, whites. Uh, and but in the books, we just don't see them as much. But in this scene, this prologue, they seem far more intelligent than they appear to be in you know, in, in the, uh, in the show, I will also say I did see over on the free folk Reddit, uh, which is, um, you know, the one that makes a lot of memes and everything, uh, there, I guess there is a scene in season eight, I guess, or season seven. I forgot when you're on Greyjoy asked Jon Snow, if the others can swim and they said no. Uh, and then somebody made a comment. They're like, well, then how the heck did, then who drug those like things down to drag the dragon up? It's a good question. Know, like, it's a great question. <laughs> well, uh, they just forgot, right? They just forgot. <laughs> they could, so. Yeah, I really like the fact that uh, Lady Ashley here compares the duel um, that Ned had with Sir Arthur for uh, the one that Waymore is having, Waymar is having with the other. Um, when I read this and I think about as blue as the eyes of death, and if we want to relate that, you know, assuming that we're going to maybe see this again from brand's pov and the winds of winter like we're expecting to kind of him to be the one that unravels this mystery for us uh it makes me wonder if those eyes of death are blood ravens right oh and is that a connection that we can make between blood raven and the white walker why are they blue you know i i don't know this is obviously us uh, spitballing off the cuff um, so be sure to tell me I'm an idiot in the comments if you want, but you know, these are just where, where my mind kind of, kind of goes. Um, but pale as milk is definitely used for both of those, uh, gotcha. you know, pale as milk glass, pale as milk. So is George just not in his bag with his descriptions and running out of things to describe this early in the series, or is it on purpose? See, I would say it's on purpose because, you know, we've talked about color symbolism before. I know we have yeah. a video, uh, a video on that. Uh, you know, you look at some of these colors that are mentioned, right? Um, you know, like uh, Arbor Gold, right, is mentioned. And it's usually like Deception is usually mentioned around there. He definitely uses a lot of themes. Mayhaps is another one, right, where mm -hmm. decep Deception is coming. That's obviously not a color, but that's a word that's used often. And it's used over and over again. And when it's used, you need to pay attention to it. But color is another one of those things. Yeah. And, you know, when John is with Arthur Dane, see, uh, when John is with <laughs> Corin Halfhand, oh, no. uh, <laughs> see, now it's Freudian slip there. Um, it's not Freudian slip because it's true. Now, maybe. Uh, but when John is with <laughs> Corin Halfhand, right, it, Dawn was breaking. They use a lot of those, that analogy, which is why people make those comparisons. But this one is one I've never at all uh, caught before. The the connection of the pale as a milk glass describing the others um, as well as the sword Dawn. Cause we really don't see Dawn that much. We hear about mm -hmm. it, yeah, but we don't really ever see it as much. So I guess uh, perhaps a mayhaps a dive into Dawn to see when it appears more. If it does, if we ever get another description of it. And then really the only other time we see white walkers that they could be described would be the one time when Sam sees one to kill one. So if he describes them as pale as milk glass in that chapter, then we might be then, on something here. Then we might, then we definitely might be on to something. You got to pull up the trusty search of all, song of ice and fire. We do. Yeah. And as well as uh, the wiki. Okay. Well, uh, continuing on with that episode, I'll get some of that stuff pulled up here and we'll turn this into a big one. Cause that's uh, very good. Uh, some other people said, John Potts says here, maybe they were just checking if Waymar had a Valyrian steel weapon or other weapon that could hurt them, like Don probably can. Uh, they probably know they're invulnerable to most blades. You would have to think that over the years, the wildlings would have enough run-ins with them that they would know that their weapons can't hurt them. Or at least, you know, that's why they're not afraid of them. Yeah, and, and I would have to say that I think that this is this is maybe more likely than the fact that they're looking for Azora High and Lightbringer uh, or Dawn or anything is the fact that maybe they're checking for the Valyrian Steel, the Obsidian. And we can assume that, you know, the others or the White Walkers, the Whites, they've had interactions with uh, Dragon Class through history. And we know that at the Fist, 
uh, there's some dragon glass buried there. Maybe Benjen uh, buried it there, possibly. So they're aware of it. Uh, they've come up against it most likely and have fallen to it. So I think that that is still a sign that that there's some thought process processes behind those pale blue eyes. But I think that this is probably most likely. A Storm of Swords, Chapter 18, Samwell 1. We're not there on our reread just yet because we're working our way through. Uh, the others are described to have pale blue blood and shiny bones like milk glass. Shoot. No <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I would say it's on purpose, possibly. <laughs> right. Hmm. So now it causes all kinds of even more speculation about the sword Dawn. Because if it really did come from a falling star, because now it seems now, yeah, now, you know, did the other, uh, the, the, the children of the forest perhaps create this weapon, a weapon that could defeat the, the white walkers. Did the others evolve from, DNA found on an asteroid that <laughs> <laughs> don't go down that route, man. We already got a negative uh iTunes review. Somebody somebody dinged us. For what? Even for even oh, for even joking about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just are, saying you guys are saying the White Walkers are aliens. No, we were joking, but you know. Nah, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. George wrote a lot of good sci-fi. The 10,000 Worlds universe. Song of Ice and Fire is just a, a ante up for that. That's what it was. Now I gotta search this. Now I gotta search Sword Dawn here just to be just to be sure. Yeah, pale the blade is pale as milk glass. That's from that Eddard chapter. Um but see, it's not, it's the 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 description of the blade is not mentioned enough. It might be the only time that that the description of the blade is mentioned might be that one thing. So we do at least now have confirmation. Hey, that in the Ned chat in the Ned chapter where he's having the flashback and in multiple chapters where you see the white walkers, there is a connection of the color pale as milk glass. Yeah. And if there is some sort of connection with Dawn, you know, you had have to think that that would need to come in the next book because Dawn has been largely talked about, but not really shown off, not been a centerpiece to the main story of, of a song of ice and fire, as far as the, the five books that we have go. So if it is connected, there, there's going to have to be some, uh, some velocity behind that plot point in winds of winter. I would, I would imagine. Yeah. You'd really have to sort of pick that up. Yeah. It needs to move. Yeah, for sure. Which might be, you know, that's one of the things that's interesting is the whole sort of house Dane angle. Yeah. Right. And we have Edric Dane and perhaps that's why we got Dark Star. Right. Yeah. For uh, sure. Was was because the time jump that George was going to write into the books and perhaps, you know, he decided uh, I can't have this character Edric because he's not going to grow up fast enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, we did get some other sort of things up on here as well. <clears throat> Uh, Adrian says, yep, that's exactly what they're doing. Referring to the original, uh, Raven, we, uh, theory we discussed about, which is on this YouTube video. That's why when his sword breaks and he bleeds red blood, they stop the farce of the duel and just dispose of him quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, another person said Joe magician's theory. Who's another YouTuber. And he references gray area as well. Who've had who we've had on the show and been on her show. Um, Theory pretty much fits your observation. They mistake Waymar for someone else, and Waymar just happens to resemble Jon Snow. Similarities in looks, clothing, uh, sword, and not only do they observe the sword, but they also hesitate and react upon the injury. They seem to have expectations. Waymar does not fit, so they end up slaughtering him instead of finishing the duel. The only thing with that is that Jon Snow doesn't look like that yet, but I guess they're looking perhaps like a prophecy perhaps. or something that... May that John will fulfill uh, well, when he when he when he becomes a member of the Night's Watch. So one thing I really like about this, by the way, that, that when we're reading this and we're talking about how whatever the blood is spread, that they kind of just like you know cannibalize um, Waymar. Mm -hmm. And I think as a reader on the first time through, you go, "Oh, they're zombies! Like they they like human blood, and that's what they feast on." But if you look at it from a different angle, and you say oh, they found the information they needed, didn't want to waste any more time, and then they just put an end to him. 
that doesn't make them mindless zombies. That makes them obviously they're deciphering information. Like it, it's kind of a, a subversion of of the first read. Uh, if if this happens to be true, I love the follow up question in this comment uh, from Andreas. It says, "Do they search John for killing or turning him? Will John destroy, lead, or redeem them?" We've had a lot of people talk about maybe is John going to be um, is his body going to be stolen by whites? Uh, you know. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, who knows? Ran off, know? ran off to the White Walkers. Yeah, it's ripe for speculation. It's been ten years, but uh, there, there's there's a lot of people that seem to think that John's going to be kind of like this intermediary, like he was with the Wildlings in the Night's Watch. That that he will be the link between man and and white. So I think that all of that's really fascinating, and it's it's a great question, and it's really fun to play with. Yeah, um, you know that's it's just the one thing that I think the. Sh- I almost could argue the show does a slightly better job of is keeping the threat of winter and the threat of the others. A li- like we see them a little bit more. So you kind of like, Oh, they're out there. You feel the weight of, of their presence. And I do think winds of winners, they're really going to, well, yeah, they're, re- also, they're really going to come out, but it, you're, it's post the dance of dragons content, in the show too, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, we but we we see like the actual Night King early on. Mm-hmm. And of course, there isn't a Night King yet, perhaps uh, in the mayhaps uh, in the bu- <laughs> in the in the books, you know, and it may be Euron that ends up leading them. Yeah, uh, I would also say that you spend more time with the books, right? So like the show, you know, you got about eight hours in the season. If you even see them once, it's probably faster than you see them in, in the books in eight hours, possibly, depending on how fast you read. So that definitely feels like longer swaths of time where you're not actually seeing or hearing about them and uh, maybe even fall into the book canon a little bit of the, you know, people saying, ah, White Walkers, it's all fooey, right? And you're like, yeah, fooey, show me Cersei drunk again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, uh, anything else on this one, Jimmy, that we wanted to talk about since we're talking about here briefly again? No, some great comments though. We really appreciate them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, Lady Ashley, we will be mentioning her again here because she always uh, she left a good bit of comments on some of these. But yeah, that's another thing, man. I love it. this is the thing when people, you know, you point stuff out because it's a there's these books are so deep. There's only five books, really. I mean, you know, I have the have the expanded content in Fire and Blood and Word of Ice and Fire, but the connections are just so yeah. <laughs> all over the place. It's it's just so easy, so easy to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now let's shift gears a little bit here. And then this is one we did on the Tyrion. Is is Tyrion a Targaryen? And we sort of went in the direction where we hey, we don't see it as much, right? So uh, I titled the video The Problem with the Tyrion Targaryen Theory. Uh, and that's where we sort of went with it here. So um, John uh, leaves a comment here and he says, I've always thought it would be more meaningful if Tyrion is Tywin's son. Tyrion uh, is, if his rule in Clash of Season, if his, I think he meant role, uh, in Clash of Season 2, the, the most competent of Tywin's children when it comes to ruling. Uh, however, uh, you know, much Tywin wants to deny. And I don't uh, want to see Tyrion be excused from kinslaying by it turning out that Tywin was not actually his father. Yeah, T- Tyrion's arc is almost dependent on him being Tywin's son. I, I agree 100% with this comment. Um, I would not like if Tyrion was a Targaryen. If you want to go with any crackpot Targaryen theory, which there's too many of them as it is, I would rather Cersei and Jaime be the Targaryen so that Tyrion is the only proper child of Tywin. That would almost be better. But even at this point, it really wouldn't do anything for the story because Tywin is dead. So... Like, right. I mean, for Tyrion and Jamie and Cersei, sure. But the real payoff to that would be Tywin having to, you know, eat crow. So, uh, yeah, I'm 100 percent on on uh, the same page as John here for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, we this is what we you know, we talked about this in, in this theory. And this is one of the, you know, obviously one of the most popular fan uh, theories that exists with the Song of Ice and Fire. And I think, you know, we talked about this when we did this uh, Raven or, you know, or this theory is people just want to see Tyrion on a dragon and Tyrion's one of the like, most, you know, George says there's like five main characters, but really I kind of feel like there's three main characters. Like um, I feel like it's really like Tyrion Jan. Uh, well, you can call him Janie if you want, cause it's John and Danny, uh, <laughs> you know, 
like a uh, what is it? J Lo and Ben, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, I, I know quite a few people who would be very offended if you didn't say Jamie Lannister was a main POV. Right. Like, you know, Bran and Arya are there, too, and Sansa, but it's a big cast. Um, it's a big cast. It, 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 <laughs> it is. But um, yeah, so I, it's just such an important moment for Tyrion that I I think it's just it's it's too important for him to not be. Yeah. A, a Lannister. And, and we don't know for a fact that a non Targaryen can't ride a dragon, by the way, like we, we don't know that that's a fact. And anyone who claims to know, they understand the bonding process as it says in fire and blood should be looked at as fools because we, we don't know. We lost a lot of information from Valyria. Uh, it has always been very intriguing to me and very compelling that Tyrion is mentioned. He has dragon dreams about burning Castle rock and riding a dragon, all this stuff, a lot of dragon symbolism there. Now, is that all metaphor for him, like controlling Danny to get her to do some of this, you know, bidding for him? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but that has always been like a really interesting part of Tyrion's character. And I think maybe people take that for the bridge too far and then assume that he has to be a Targaryen. Right. Yeah. And like you said, he could ride a dragon. Yeah. There's nothing saying he can't. Yeah, there's there's totally yeah, there's definitely nothing saying that a dragon because as we've seen in House of the Dragon, dragons just kind of do what they want. Yes. And yeah. as long as you know Valyrian, it seems like you can talk to them. And that might be one of the things, you know. Uh, obviously, it's a different scene. You know, it's not uh, the scene of Tyrion sort of like in the show, like, calm, you know, letting mm -hmm. the dragon free was kind of cool. You know, that does, it doesn't really go that way in the books. But uh, nothing saying that Tyrion won't have some scenes like that in, in the in the books. Yeah, there's a lot of people get really bent out of shape about drown, dragon binding, and I always just kind of laugh at them because you know it's 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 not settled, not settled science in Westeros, at least in this right. day and age. Um, okay, here we go again. Another comment, and this is again from Lady Ashley, uh, saying Lady Ashley of Noth saying George has stated that much of Tyrion and Tywin's dynamic is based off George's relationship with his own father. So I don't think he'd turn around and undercut that by having Tyrion not actually be Tywin's son. That just wouldn't make sense. Also, I think people put too much weight on Tyrion's or on Tywin's assertion that Tyrion is no son of his, uh, that he can't prove Tyrion is his, etc. Tywin says the exact same thing to Jamie that Jamie's not his son when Jamie refuses to resign his Kingsguard position and assume his place at Tywin's as Tywin's heir at Casterly Rock. I think Tywin overestimates the importance of House Lannister's legacy as well as his own personal legacy to his kids. So when they do defy him, uh, his go to tactic to punish the defiance is by saying you aren't mine. Unfortunately for Tywin, the only child who legitimately cares about that is Cersei, who he overlooks on account for her gender. So it makes no matter. So, yeah, I don't view those statements as anything indicative, but uh, anything of spite. And she does go in a little bit uh, tinfoil theory here, which we'll dive into here. But. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, as we've been saying, that's kind of that's kind of the whole deal. And that's what makes Tyrion killing Tywin that much more important. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the best moments in fiction for me. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it, it, it hits home. And uh, I think you could tell that George writes that from a very personal place. At least I get that vibe. So uh, well said, Lady Ashley, as usual. Yeah. Um, so she goes in here a little bit here. Uh, P.S. a tinfoil theory about Tyrion. Uh, paternity I like is that Tyrion is Prince Lewin's bastard, meaning Joanna was Lewin's uh, mystery paramour. And the reason Tywin refuses to declare Tyrion as heir to Casterly Rock is because it puts Casterly Rock under Dornish control. Again, it's tinfoil, you know, and I absolutely think Tyrion uh, is Tywin's, but it gives an intriguing context to Tywin's refusal to name Tyrion as, uh, as heir. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it just shows that, like, you could you could make this work a lot of different ways of, of Tyrion not being Tywin's, but I think we're always meant to come back uh, to, to the base and, and believe that Tywin is just, uh, you know, he uh, he he had three kids and his three kids did not pan out the way he thought they would. Right. Um, so uh, here's another one, too. So this one says Tyrion has two. He left a video. Um, uh, Septa Sheena's secrets. Uh, Tyrion has two dads. Chimera, lion and dragon, uh, hetero paternal, super. I don't even know what that word means. Jamie and Cersei may have different dads too. I, I think I'm too dumb to understand that comment. 
Okay. Well, uh... <laughs> I I should have watched the YouTube video. They, you know, I think um, I I think we've talked about this before too. There is um, I think someone I a long t- like when we first started this whole thing, someone sent us a thing, and I believe it is possible for someone to have two. It's like one of those like ultra oh. rare. I will. I will. I will. Two pull swimmers fighting for the boat. I got you. And okay. they both get in. I think it is a thing. Because I think we were like, that's not a thing. Too. And then someone sent us a thing. But like, does the story need this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Does right heteropaternal superfecundation is an extremely rare phenomenon that occurs when a second ova released during the same menstrual cycle is additionally fertilized by the sperm cells of a different man in a separate sexual intercourse. So a woman could, in fact. You would have to have you would have to have twins, of course, get pregnant by two different men at the, in the same cycle. And next week we'll be discussing femboy domination. <laughs> <laughs> My guys, God. I learned the pundit squares right, you know, a little bit where it's like, all right, you know, it's it's like forty percent likely to have a redhead if you're, you know, it's recessive gene or something, you know. But yes, no, so I remember this. Somebody specifically sent us one uh, a comment about this um, when we first started this whole thing. It was like it was like the first time we ever hit the Tyrion chapter. Uh, and it, yeah, it is it is a thing, but it is ex- ultra extremely rare. Because I, I mean, mean I, if Tywin was still alive, like that might be it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, what I will say is I'd like to hear more. I, I'd like to know more details about like who the dads are. What, how did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but like from like a, uh, you know, skeptics standpoint, right. like, you know, it just seems that. like it'd be really difficult to George would have to spend like an entire chapter explaining. Well, yeah, he'd have to explain this. it to his millions of <laughs> readers. Cause they'd be like, wait, what? But I learned something today. So that's a plus, but the way I, the thing I don't understand is so I, it would be like one of those things where it's twins. And then, you know, sometimes when, when you have twins, doesn't it like we're not scientists here okay like yeah like you know sometimes there's going to be twins but then only one makes it out so i guess like i don't see how the science adds up because it seems like <laughs> for this the jimmy's like i bet there's over here just like random raven okay it, first of all over here it says the odds of it happening are so incredibly <laughs> small um period small but one study estimated that it could occur into up to 400 twin births in the United States. So, which is 0.25%. Now what's that? But I, exactly. Probably even smaller. Okay. Um, but I don't think the baby can have two fathers. I think. Now, if, 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 no, if, if I'm understanding this, what happens is that the woman gets pregnant from two different men, not you have two fathers. It would you basically you could have twins, but one could be from this guy and the other could be from this guy, but they would have the same mom. And then maybe Tyrion is like the maybe Tyrion had a twin that died at birth. Dude, I, I mean, this is yeah. <laughs> Listen, I gotta run some experiments and I'll get back here. <laughs> all right here we go okay so that's it for that video uh we'll 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 come back here so um we man we got a lot of comments on this one so we did illyrio's plan and talking about what illyrio doing you know with with, you know daenerys is he can send her off it just doesn't add up you know he's got young griff waiting in the winds Mm -hmm. you know why would you send him why would you send danny and the, the Dothraki over there, like you know, the Dothraki are never going to cross the sea. What's going on? So, um, got a lot of comments here, so we'll dive into that. So, that was sort of uh, we talked about that, uh, I think, like a week, yeah. Ago. And we had a lot of questions too. Like, we were like, please, someone reach out and kind of maybe try to explain some of this away because we were trying to reconcile the fact that 
you know, if this is Illyria's plan all along and he really wanted Danny to end up with Fagon and them to rule together, that like, why would why would Illyrio send them to the Dothraki? And then right. we were trying to explain away saying, well, maybe he had foresight. He needed to get Varys out of the, or, you know, maybe that was it. Or Viserys, sorry, uh, out of the way. And the, or maybe it was like, oh, this is working in a different way. Maybe we can bring Danny and save her from, you know what I mean? Like, right. so we asked y'all to, to reach out and you did. So thanks. Yeah. So yeah, we got a lot of comments on that one. So here we go. Uh, starting again. Uh, she's always like, man, as soon as we post, she's like right there. Lady, Lady Ashley, Ashley MVP. Uh, no. Oh yeah, she is. Um, she has left like full, like, I mean like huge page uh, comment theories and stuff like that. So um, she says Danny's meteoric rise and hatching the dragons definitely changed everything. Remember in a clash of Kings, Varys arranged for Sir Barristan's dismissal from the King's guard and Barristan goes to Pentos in search of Viserys and makes contact with Illyrio who sent Barristan and strong Belwas to Carth to be with Danny. Each of the four other Westerosi Kings was clamoring to get Barristan in their ranks after his firing because the symbolism of having the legendary figure on your side was thought to be something that could sway the small folk. So Barristan and Illyrio did Danny a huge solid by sending Barristan to her. And if they didn't have serious plans for her, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I, I like this. You know, the dragons definitely changed everything. And I think that that's right, too. And then Varys arranged for Sir Barristan's dismissal from the Kingsguard. It does very much feel like a good setup. And that's a really good detail that I had forgotten that, you know, Varys arranged for Barristan to kind of be decommissioned, uh, you know, and he throws it at it to the pile boy and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, Barristan's a massive figure to, to put on Danny's side. Westeros loves him. He has the track record. He's back on the original side, you know, that he was supposed to be on in the first place. This is all good stuff. This is a very, very good comment. Yeah, um, I guess my only question is, and this is, you know, one of the things we were talking about is. It's still. So. When they basically sell Danny to uh, the Dothraki. I still sort of feel like what happens is they're just kind of like, well, we'll see what happens. They do give her the dragon eggs, which I think is just sort of a symbolic thing. I don't think they at all think, hey, here's a chance for these dragon dragons to get hatched. Yeah. Because again, we, we looked at the map. They got to go all the way to Vase Dothraki. It's all the way on the other side of Essos. And then make it back. And the Dothraki are like at war with each other all the time. You know, there's herds and they all kill each other and that is what happens. Uh, Cal Drago fights another guy, gets poisoned, and he dies. So I think one of the things is once they realize that Danny's made it, oh, and she, and there's rumors of her having dragons, this is when they're like, okay, you know, they they know what they're doing. They're playing their cards correctly. And still, right, as we as we are right now with at the end of A Dance of Dragons where he's telling Kevin Lannister, hey, we got young Griff. We got you know, mm -hmm. Aegon Targaryen. I think that's still the route he's going, but it's almost like he's still got Danny in his back pocket and he's set up Barristan. And because it's now Danny and Young Griff, he's like, I could marry them. So, really, they just kind of play everything perfectly. Yeah. And I do think that there is something to be said about like them seeing what Varys was becoming. Actually, the comment below kind of says this. Um, I think maybe they saw what Viserys was coming. You send them both to, Do to the Dothraki. Viserys is end up going to get killed. We know that's going to happen. And then you have Danny, and Danny is going to be able to maybe link up Carl Drogo and the Dothraki with Fagon down the road, possibly. So, right. Uh, but we also know that Viserys is very well informed that there's a poisoner sent right and jorah is there and he knows jorah is next to danny so that's also a, a a bit of a hurdle in this whole thing too right so yeah i think i think really it's like they're just kind of like hey we'll wait and see but mm -hmm. we'll leave that option open yeah but you know i guess where we, this whole thing originally started was we said i would have to say that young griff was plan a and Danny yes. and Danny and Viserys were plan B. I would agree with that. Yeah. Because they said, we're going to send her over there and get rid of her. Mm -hmm. And she's the distraction. Cause Hey, cause Varys is in the council saying, well, I don't know. There's rumors. She has dragon eggs. Who knows what could happen? She's got the Dothraki. Um, yeah. They're going to, they're going to sail. And then it causes Ned Robert to, to get upset with each other. But I would still say it seems like young Griff was plan a, 
Yeah, I would agree with that. So uh, some other comments here. Raymond says, I think they took them in to introduce them to Fagon, which is, you know, young Griff, perhaps Rhaegar's son, Aegon Targaryen. But once they saw what Viserys was becoming, they decided to get rid of them. I remember Viserys mentioning in the book that Danny was meant to disappear and, into, you know, absurdity, or I think he means obscurity. Uh, but then uh, she hatched the dragon and... You know, now they have a use for. Her. Honestly, it's the smart thing to do. Would have been to have Viserys, you know, kill, you know, claim it was Robert, and who did it, and then introduce Danny, as you said, and young, a, young Griff, and wed them. Uh, I would say now, definitely. Then it might have. I guess you still play your cards because, ideally, I think the thing that makes the most sense is what's likely to happen right now is. Young Griff is coming over. He's got an army. Yeah. They're gonna march on King's Landing. They're you know, they're already over at Storm's End. And the idea is, well, we want to marry young Griff to a suitor, a suitor that can help us. And I think the most obvious candidate right now is somebody who's, as we've talked about, one uh has an army, two is like a complete wild card, totally different arc than in the book, which is Sansa. And it would also fulfill the prophecy of the um, attorney at Ashford and the five champions that Sansa yeah. has been betrothed to all these different people. So, you know, you don't know that it's going to be Sansa at, at that from your sort of original plan, but you're playing the chessboard as it's moving. When young Griff's coming over, you said, hey, who could we hook him up with? You know, maybe before you think maybe it could be Marjorie Tyrell. You know, before everything happens, when you're planning before the War of the Five Kings break out, people start sh switching sides. But right now, Sansa's would be that candidate. Of course, Danny is still out there. So you do still have that in your back pocket where you're at right now, because you could say, OK, well, D if Danny comes over, I could marry young Griffin Danny, who has now turned into this, you know, great princess with dragons and everything, because originally you're like, we marry her to. Cal Drogo. So she's like off the table for marriage alliances. Yeah. But now it's turned into something else. So she's back on the table. Um, but I would say from the early planning stages, that's not the best option, but it still is kind of a good option if you're like, hey, we have a united Targaryen front. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, so continuing on here, uh, your last great night says, I think Illyrio and Viserys's plan are threefold. First, Viserys is sowing seeds of discontent, or Varys, excuse me, is sowing seeds of discontent and infighting in Westeros to start a civil war. Second, I think they did plan on having Drogo attack West, uh, Drogo, uh, Cal Drogo attack Westeros and everyone is weakened from the fighting. The saying that Dothraki don't cross the sea will be busted because it only takes one. And lastly, with Viserys ruling and the Dothraki raiding the land, here comes a true uh, Targaryen Aegon to save everyone. So yeah, so you could have the Dothraki come over, kind of wreck everything, and then now here comes young Griff as your Targaryen savior. Yeah, and then, you know, if you can save Danny from Cal Drogo at that point, then you went. You don't have to, but you could. Maybe that was that. Maybe that was their plan initially. Yeah, I kind of like this one too. Um, though I wonder, like, I guess the Golden Company is how Fagon is going to be able to come over and beat the Dothraki because the Dothraki would be right. tough. Like that's a tough order. Um, so that's the only part. Like, remember, Aegon Fagon doesn't have dragons or anything. So right. To come over and, and clean up, clean the house sounds good, but I just wonder how an application that works against the Dothraki. Right, right, right. And that's the interesting thing, because really what we're trying to dive here is what was the original plan? It's, yeah. Now it's obvious that you just got to play the chessboard. Yeah. And they're playing it better than everybody else because they've got a lot of options. But it's like, what was that original plan, which is the kind of inter interesting thing so yeah uh michael says here he says cal drogo was not your ordinary cal if any one could get the dothraki to cross the narrow sea he could so i'm not sure they didn't think it could be done if cal drogo refused to do it they could always just steal danny away if he wants her back he hey she's across the narrow sea come and get her yeah i think i'm the one who postulated that maybe they sent uh danny and viserys to be with the um Dothraki because they would never cross sea, so there's no problems, right? Like 
But right. at the same time, I, I I do think that this is right. I think that Cal Drogo was was picked for a reason. Like there are mm-hmm. other cows. So the fact that Drogo was picked uh, had to be for a specific reason. And this probably could be it. Right. Um, and, you know, you continue on here. Uh, multimedia fan who's commented on a lot of our videos in the past says, I feel like the plan was to murder Viserys as a show of faith to Robert Baratheon, making him lower his guard and then dropping the Joffrey, you know, is a bastard bomb on him, an absolute plunge in the realm in chaos, and then revealing Fagon as Rhaegar's last surviving heir. Danny survives, and Viserys uh, died, you know, uh, in circumstances. Um, so no one gained from that as Robert was already dead. Uh, Danny surviving, hitching, uh, hatching dragons, and that being a you know single all of a sudden thing gave them another chance at this. Danny and young Griff together could unite the realm, but uh, Tyrion chose violence and chose to become an agent of chaos. Uh, Varys might regret his decisions. So, you know, I do like that because I think that's another piece you have to think about. I would have to imagine that Varys like before, like you send Danny and them off. So they're off the chessboard. So now what's Varys doing? Because everything yeah. that happens in Westeros still happens, regardless of the fact that Danny's about to hatch dragons and all this other things. Right. Because I right. So that's like again the interesting thing. So you would have to say in during a Game of Thrones, Varys and Illyrio's plan at that point is probably got to be Young Griff. So they're probably yeah. gearing Young Griff up and stirring turmoil in Westeros. Does like does does Varys know that Littlefinger? is gonna kill john aaron and that's gonna like trigger the whole thing <laughs> you know what i mean well now ned stark's coming in so like we can grow you can show you know some dissent amongst the ranks and and really turn this whole thing up uh you know and really sort of be this uh, this you know cause this big chaotic mess so that we can bring young riff over at the at the right time because in all honesty man there's a lot of routes you could go from from that point before the before Danny changes everything, if Danny's just removed from the chessboard, but like the Ned Stark Robert stuff still happens, I mean some of some of it is caused because of Daenerys, but I feel like Ned was still going to figure out that Joffrey was not Robert's son, and that alone could have been enough to court, sort of you know cause some stuff you know stuff going on. Uh, between them yeah. so i think like the whole i think like roberts regardless of you know the fact that it is danny that's kind of like a thing that caught that triggers some of those things ned and cersei weren't going to get along so there's so they were going to butt heads and that whole thing was going to come to a head and cersei was probably going to get robert tried to kill killed anyway so from that perspective towards the end of a game of thrones young uh Varys is probably getting young Griff ready to go as you know, we, we know he is. And then, yeah, where do you bring him over? I mean, you know? Varys and Illyrio, you know, we see, we, we hear them talking. Arya hears them talking right. about it. Like they know what's about to go down. And I think that they have a piece of it. Then it kind of also makes you wonder if like Peter Baelish is like a third wheel to all this. Like we know that know. it seems it, like they're at odds, but like they might are, not be. Like, are they at odds? Yeah, that's the question. Because remember, he's the one that's responsible for John Aaron dying. Right. Right. So it's, I don't know. There's just a, whole, a lot there. Maybe they were at odds once, but circumstances have pull, pulled them back together. May, and who knows? Maybe Sansa is supposed to be pledged to Fagon. And then it turns out that Danny shows up, you know, and then that could be a whole thing. So, right. yeah, I, I've maybe, been thinking about Peter right. Baelish a lot whenever I think yeah. about this. I know, you know, and I was I'm, I'm, one of the things I want to do um, and, uh, you know, we can we can save it or we can dive into it a little bit now. Uh, you know, I was thinking about doing like a like for fun, like worst moments in a Game of Thrones, uh, you know, and obviously you think a lot towards the end seasons. But for me, I think like the I for me, I've always I've always said is like season seven for me is even worse than season eight. Because yeah, season season seven is where things came off like the rail, but there was still hope because season eight was out there and you could finish the whole thing, and we were so excited for it. 
but like the one th- for me the the you know the worst episode is obviously the one where you know yeah uh Euron Greyjoy just comes out of nowhere and shoots down a dragon and it's like it's not a good episode but the worst moment for me the whole thing like the worst moment has to be killing Baelish because it, it just felt like they just didn't know what to do with him the writers yeah. And it was like he like the night like you you still killed the Night King in a cool, meaningful way. And sure, it didn't end up being like the big final battle that it should have been. But it was still like, you know, you like you checked off the boxes you need to check off. You just did it three episodes too early. But <laughs> Baelish, but Baelish, they were just like, well, I guess gotta go kill him. Yeah. Like, I don't really know what to do. Yeah, it was it was pretty unsatisfying, I would say. Uh, you know, Baelish is much, much, much different in the books, and the whole Sansa arc is much different in the books. And I think that there is a tie between Varys and Baelish that kind of just goes away in the show. But in the books, yeah. I think that the, the no, it's like they're cool. like head. I mean, blow for blow. I mean, it feels like it's like it feels like both of their ends are going to come at each other. Yeah, it they're both like schemers, for sure. Right. right? Like one of them is going to win against the other person in the show. They just right, we do like get that both, great they both, conversation they both, yeah. in the show between them in the first season. It's really good. So they could, you know, that's one thing you kind of don't think about is in theory, they could be working together. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if if Sansa Aegon isn't plan B of plan C or something. You know what I mean? So right. the, the, there's there's a lot going on there. And remember, Varys did try to save Ned Stark. Like right. that, that's another thing is I don't know if Varys wanted the Starks snuffed out. I don't think that that's what Varys wanted. Uh, yeah. Now, some people will say, well, he actually went to the dungeon to get him to confess. So Joffrey would chop his head off because he knew Joffrey wouldn't comply. But that, right. that maybe, maybe Varys is very cunning. But for me, that's like two steps too far. Like if it was a little bit closer to home, I, I don't get the feeling that Varys wants the Starks to to, to go down because then you have you have uh, unrest yeah. in the north, right? You know, because because Var- Var- I will say not that v- Varys does a little bit more than Littlefinger seem like he you know he taught you know for the realm right he does come across like he's do he is trying to do things to like somewhat make it better. Yeah. Or at least fulfill like a you know a certain vision where Littlefinger seems like he's just doing it for himself. Yeah, and for he's just creepy. That also doesn't help, yeah, he's, right? He's like he's, cre- yeah, he's number he's, one creep. Yeah, like it seems like Littlefinger's plan right now is I'll become king and Sansa will be my wife. Yeah, he's a climber. He's a climber. Yeah. Varys wants stabilization. He's probably tired of seeing the crown spend a bazillion coins every tournament and putting right. them further and further in debt and uh, watching just bastards popping out from incest right so right um continuing on here uh this guy says um the big problem uh is meta and not within the universe the problem is that george pulled fagon out of his behind almost 20 years ago when he wrote the first book nothing remotely like him existed when he created illyrio and his relationship with viserys and daenerys george had to retroactively adapt what he set up in book one I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I this comment uh, feels yeah, like a full, very uh, bitter, very, very bitter. I, if I remember correctly, I believe the idea of Fagon is maybe I'm mistaking that. Isn't that Fagon is pretty is, is exclusively dance with dragons? Like he's thought, he's not mentioned at all. I know, but I thought an act. I thought I thought part of that plan was in the original outline. Oh, like it, oh, to be a oh. trilogy. It may have been. We could find out uh, with a Google search. But I, what I'll say to this is, though, um, we've come up with three to four possible explanations for this. So even if this is something that grew on George, you know, in book five, and he started thinking about it and like, OK, well, let's bring this guy over and create this character. There's a lot of stuff there that still works. The John Connington connection uh danny being over in marine and and we've kind of been able to explain without reaching too too far i mean some of it is a little far but there's been pretty easy explanations for how these plans came about and why why they uh would work so 
even if it is something that he did grow, uh, did grow on him, I don't think that it's just like shoehorned in where there's this big plot hole. So when you say the problem is that it, there, there really isn't a problem. It's a question, which, which are really two different things. Unless if you're a math class. No, it wasn't. It's it. No, it's just Danny. It's just Danny coming back over. Yeah. I mean, I think this, it is very, this was, it was going to be in, in chat in chapter three. That's it's right. very plausible that you could see this and say the whole, the like you could look at Illyrio, Illyrio and, uh, Varys and say, okay, the plan the whole time was Daenerys. But this isn't actually, this comment doesn't even answer the question we had. The question right. we had was, why did Daenerys and Viserys go to the Dothraki? It actually doesn't have anything to do with Fagon right. at all, actually, because it's still a really interesting decision to send your two golden geese to a death tribe. I mean, that, that's that's a right. crazy thing to do. So this this comment, I think, unfortunately, is just bitter. And I hope they have a better day. Uh, okay 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 um uh, let's keep going here uh if Aegon is confirmed legit if we ever get wins everybody owes him apology because as far as i'm concerned the blackfire conspiracy theory is just headcanon and uh reach upon reach of course if i'm wrong and he has a blackfire i'll also apologize but Varys is very capable of pulling off that baby swap right which would mean that you know he's he's and that's the thing this whole thing the even like young riff himself is like a five layer a five tier theory because he could be <laughs> yeah. he could yeah he could actually be who we who he thinks he is which is the actual son of Rhaegar Targaryen which changes the whole dynamic of like all oh, of the young riff theories like yeah that's like so like all the theories of like well if he comes over and he does this like if, even if you just view him as, as he is which is this just young riff character whether he's actually a blackfire or a targaryen or he's just some random kid that they're like gonna say is a shard like, son yeah yeah i mean so like even if you just view him as 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 absolute surface level where he is just some guy named young griffin he's now got an army over here it's like okay he could go this way he could go this way he could go this way he's got an army he's important you know then it's like well he could actually be Illyrio's son so he's not the real deal or he could actually be the actual real deal and be like uh okay in which case he would have a higher claim to the iron throne than Jon snow because he would be there's you know, no way that Fagon <laughs> makes it through the series right no I like young so. griff dies i i would have to imagine so yeah i think so now does he die in the winds of winter or do you think he dies in the dream of spring um is he just that? Is he like that one book villain? Like you know, you know, like sometimes you need that like one season villain in a show. You yeah, know, but I don't even know if he's a villain technically. You know, like is he a villain? Yeah, he's kind of a brat, but I don't know if he's a. He's not Joffrey, right? Right. Um, he's a. I think he's a great. I think as far as writing for where everything's at right now, I, I think he is a. He's a good character because he opens a lot of doors for George like just from like finishing the series because he can take you to Sansa. He can have yeah. a connection to, he can have a connection to Danny. That's right. Um, he can have a connection to a lot of, a lot of things. I mean, just him needing a wife is, is huge massive. and it's in it's drama. So it's pretty good. Right. I think, I think he dies and wins a winner. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, just one final uh, comment here, and this has nothing to do with this video. Uh, Mr. Panther 54 says nothing to do with the video, but I can't believe there isn't Emmy buzz for Patty Constantine for best supporting actor. Variety doesn't even have, have him listed as potential nominee. Sorry. Okay. Back to regularly scheduled programming. I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a travesty and this is why I will not be some more supporting the Emmys ever again do, do we know who it is i think the oscars we know who it is but the emmys aren't announced yet right yeah I'm not, the I'm golden sure. globes the golden globes were announced and he was not nominated i'm gonna be honest guys the only time i pay attention to those awards are when westeros tv shows win them <laughs> but the uh game of, game of thrones did did sort of clean house at the uh at the golden globes let's go right i think it had to didn't it didn't it win like best drama and stuff like that and i mean i would certainly hope so I don't know. I, I'll right tell you now, what, I didn't realize, but this side side tangent. No, we're yeah, we we're we're in we're in we've we've finished our our we're our in bonus section. time here. So we're, we're in bonus. Uh, time, yeah. Succession has been a major hit for HBO, and I've watched a few episodes of uh, season one. I need to sit down and finish. Phenomenal show. 
it just hit its higher viewership ever last night. And guess how many it was, Matt? Uh, Don't like Google it. How much? How much? Two, do you think? Like two point five million or something. Oh, like you saw a tweet or something. No, I I just took a guess. That's exactly it. It's two point. Oh, two point five. Did you already Google it? No, I did not. I was honestly okay. taking a guess. Okay. I saw the screen light up your face there a little bit, so I got. Oh I got... no, I'm I'm trying to pull up the Emmys. Uh, sure. For, for Emmy point prediction, is, though, yeah, 2.5 million for a peak of a, in season four of a show, and House of the Dragon did how many? Yeah, what, 20 million, 28 million at one point. It just shows you how big this this property is. It's crazy how successful this is. Okay, hold on real, real, real quick here. So Variety has, and this is what this person commented, Variety has its list of, um, for drama, for best drama, for what it predicts will be the nominations. Okay? So okay. if you go to like the Golden Globes and stuff like that, which I'll pull up here. Um, uh, House of the Dragon is not even on the list. Not, not, even, not even nominated. Because it has, because I guess the Emmys is like a, it's a slightly longer time frame um, than like the golden globes is. Cause like that's so these award shows you have, like they have like a year's time span. So sometimes, so because the last of us will click into the Emmys time frame, which is like the Emmys, like the bigger one than like compared to like the golden globes. Uh, it has the last of us bumping out house of the dragon. I would disagree with that, but I'm a bit biased. So yeah, I mean, the last of us was amazing. And that's one of the things. So, like Golden Globes, like that's, you know, I, I'll pull up it because I think Game of Thrones won or House of the Dragon won, didn't it? I don't know. Would I've been, you, I've been. Would you put Last of Us above House of the Dragon? Last of Us was really good, bro. Don't don't but, you do this to me. No, I see. I I don't because I thought that they would be considered technically into uh, different into different years. So the Golden Globes is kind of weird because it's like a combination of movie and shows so yeah it, house of the dragon cleaned house it won best drama um see i guess this is different too because the emmys white lotus would be con is considered for best drama whereas in the golden globes it's considered a limited series ah so like some things click into different categories i see right um so like nobody was nominated for best actor from house of the dragon for in the golden globes uh, for actor, um, actress Emma Darcy was, but she uh, did not win. Zendaya won for Euphoria. Hey, how, HBO like cleans up at these at these awards, which is the only awards Warner Brothers will win because none of their movies are winning anything. Um, uh, <laughs> Until that Aegon the Conqueror movie drops. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, House of the Dragon had a, had a bunch of had a bunch of nominations. So best supporting performance uh yeah nobody from um nobody from house of dragon was nominated for best supporter which is like what game of thrones cleaned up cleaned up on cleaned house because everybody was kind of considered like supporting in game of thrones yeah very strange yeah just uh interesting there's all these different rules for like how much screen time you get like accounts for certain awards which is why like the mandalorian um pedro pascal is like taking his helmet off more because he's like well then i can get nominated for awards <laughs> because he just does like voice acting for like, most of it it's like 90 percent right. of 90 percent of the mandalorian yeah it's like he's just doing the voice acting so it's like you don't you know you don't you don't click into these uh anyway and, and yeah and, into these categories but in all honesty i'm not gonna lie all these award shows are just a complete joke yeah it doesn't mean what it did back 10 years ago no and the oscars is the biggest joke of them all because it's all honesty it's so obvious that every year like i've actually been looking at them recently because i've just been like on a movie kick i get on, i don't really watch a lot of movies but every once in a while and again we're in total like sidebar territory here because we're just hanging out having fun um so i've been watching a lot of movies lately uh because i just get a movie kicks you know i'm like ah, just go back and watch some things and I'm just going, and I'm I watched like Moneyball, and I watched like Interstellar, and just like some of these movies. And I'm like, how did this movie not win best like movie of the year? You know, Interstellar wasn't even nominated for best drama in 2014. Like, what? I, I, 
I'd very much love it. Love that uh, what a joke, dude. I mean, like th this last year, everything everywhere all at once, like won every possible award. And it was I liked it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it was a good movie. And this was a better year, at least, because sometimes they throw out stuff like Slumdog Millionaire, which is a freaking joke. OK, I mean, I did just not like Slumdog Millionaire. It beat no, the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. And I was mad. right. But I'm just using I'm using that as an example, because it's like every year they want to give it to like some movie that nobody's heard of. Yeah. And they're like, oh, because it's just like so. Good. And they'll never give it to, you know, like a Marvel or DC movie like ever. I mean, like, well, I, I mean, support they... them never giving it to Marvel because I think Marvel movies suck. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, you know, like they've won like best acting awards, but I don't think any, I don't think a Marvel or DC movie will ever win. A best well then i'm on board movie. with the oscars well no nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where me and matt very much differ, listeners we uh matt loves dc and marvel and i don't <laughs> well like this past year like i don't know are you gonna tell me that everything everywhere all at once was better than top gun maverick i mean seriously i didn't watch either of them Top Gun Maverick stunts are like the most insane stunts performed in any movie ever. I don't like Top the Queen. Navy. The Navy had to break regulation to let them fly at like certain levels. Like, like well, I think well, if you're like breaking rules, that disqualifies you. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the I don't know. Game of Thrones did really well, obviously, at the uh, at the Emmys. It, it does well. I'm sure it will probably do. I'm sure it'll the house. Of the dragon will do well too, but yeah. yeah, I just, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I just, these award shows, it's hard to, I mean, their ratings go lower and lower every year. Yeah. I am not invested very much uh, in, in them. When I hear that someone wins, I'm always like, Oh, that's nice. But uh, I, I don't get too, too bent out of shape about it. It's just kind of like that's You know, it's like the championship, man. It's rigged. I mean, I, I will say this. If Patty Constantine doesn't win, I, I, then I don't know. I need to watch some other shows, apparently, because Patty Constantine absolutely nailed it. For well, he it. wasn't even nominated for Best Supporting Act Actor. That's crazy. That's just... That tells me this is exactly why I don't pay attention. <laughs> well, let me see who... Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, because he was... I honestly thought Andy Serkis should have been nominated for... Um, for... for uh, Andor, I was like, man, I, that's the one I thought was like, that's the one that could give Patty Considine a run for his money, because I was like, it's it was really, really, really good. But it's Star Wars. Yeah, I know. It was, but it was that. It was honestly, it was like, it was, it was that good. So, best supporting actor, um, Golden Globe. So this year, uh, see, that's movie. I want drama. I'll get it pulled up here to see to see to see who the. Uh, to see who the nominate who the nominations were instead. So best supporting actor for a uh, drama. That's motion picture drama. See, that's the Golden Globes weird because they have they have TV series. So best, yeah, best performance. Nobody was announced. Best supporting performance in a television series musical comedy or drama so see it like up so it's like now you're now do you like you pick like one person from each thing because you're like well we got to get somebody in here from comedy it's like you should just do drama and then do comedy but the uh jonathan price for the crown as prince philip duke of edinburgh you had uh john totoro from severance Henry Winkler from Barry, John Lithgow from The Old Man, and the guy who won it was Tyler James Williams from Abbott Elementary. Never even heard of it. Severance is a phenomenal show for those who have Apple TV. Uh, it is probably like right underneath House of the Dragon for me for like best new show. Phenomenal. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't know how you couldn't have Patty Constantine in there for best supporting well he is going to win the uh the golden knee here at bend the knee for best yeah the, we should give out awards we should we should well when emmy season comes around when are the, when are the emmys we will give our own awards the the golden knee <laughs> the bendies if you will the bendies <laughs> yeah let's for all five of up. you that are still listening <laughs> yeah. send in your fan casted ballots we're going to create some categories and we're going to be handing out some golden knees. 
Yeah, let's just look this up. Yeah, when, oh, that's when beautiful. Golden Knees rhymes with nominees. That's mm -hmm. oh, man. Emmy 2023. Yeah, when is when is this? May 31st. So here in about here in about two months, right? Um, does it show what your what your your dates is? Like what date? So does like does Game of Thrones does it it would have to count, I would have to imagine, right? Uh for that like that time period. Anyway. Yeah. Who was the best actor? So that'd be like prime role, like main role, best uh actress, best supporting, best thing, and then best episode. I like it. The Bendy's coming to you soon, presented by the Small Council. Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll we will do it. We will forge our chains and create our list. Yeah, I have a feeling it's probably gonna be I mean, best actors. Probably Matt Smith. You can't give it away. We haven't done the show. I mean, yet. I'm just saying. I mean, is is I, I if you're talking like prime role, we got to take between, in fan votes. So like nominations for best actor would have to be just like House of the Dragon. If you're talking like you know main, if you're considering Emma Darcy, Viserys, yeah. Got to well, be. Do we? Yeah. Do you count her as? I you know how I. I I would count and as she, a lead she, role. Well, she's definitely Emma Darcy is a is a is a lead role, but I guess it's just I don't you know because she's she's nominated. Well, I don't want to say she. They are nominated for best actress. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, but well, we we can always do best role. Right there, you go. Yeah, Emma Darcy didn't shy away from it. So I, you know, I don't know how you. I think it's because. Emma plays a female character, so just embraces that for that for that. That role. makes sense but, to me. But you know, in all honesty, this is one thing where you could like get rid of those gender roles. Sue so is the best performance. Period. Yeah, yeah. Like acting, acting is definitely one where it's like, who was the who was the best performance? Period. Yeah, it, it, it. I don't see what role that would have. Like, it should just be who did the best performance. That one, yeah, that, that's yeah, how that we're gonna do it at the Bendies. Damn straight. Who was the best performance? Period. Period. Now it's now it's a ball game. Only the best. Because I don't know. Millie Alcock tore it up in those first few episodes. And, and she did. She really did. <laughs> she, she, she tore it up in the in those in those first. She few killed episodes. it. So. All right, guys. Well, that's it. We're just hanging out, having some fun today. Diving into your comments. This was fun. And let me tell you, this is one of those things you see. It's just like I never put the connection that the White Walkers described as pale as milk glass. I mean, I obviously I know that and I've thought about it, but also that Don is also pale mm -hmm. as milk glass. And it's the sword that could potentially defeat the White Walkers. Yeah. And if any of you, if you're hearing this and you have some more comments or that you ever have an idea for a comment, you can comment on any of the YouTube videos over at Ben the Knee channel on YouTube. But you can also send us a Raven. Uh, we have btkcast at gmail.com and also Ben the Knee podcast.com as a contact form that you can send us a message and it sends us an email. So we're always uh, happy to read our listeners' ideas. Uh, and it's a, it's a lot of fun for us too. You know, we, we like to interact with y'all. So keep yeah. them coming. Absolutely. I mean, we've run, been running polls on YouTube. We did one, you know, because we posted a video not that long ago. Uh, and I'll just comment. We'll just comment on it here uh, quickly. But, um, you know, we did one about, hey, uh, there was talk about, you know, Harry Potter getting remade. And we said, do you want Game of Thrones remade? Fifty six percent of you said, nope. Not I voted yet. on that with no. <laughs> I voted as well <laughs> with, the, with no. <laughs> not time, not time, not time yet. In the future. Yeah, I'm sure it'll get remade. Yeah. But not not yet. So uh, always keep that up. And as well on TikTok, you can always uh, send comments there, too. And I'm going to be working on some uh, replies to some things over there because uh, those are fun, fun videos to make. So with that, guys, we will be continuing the reread next week. And as Jimmy said, you can shoot us Raven, uh, btkcast at gmail.com or at bendanypodcast.com. As always, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And remember that winter is coming. Thank you.